Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, November 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we've uh, we've had uh, about uh, 24 hours to to let it marinate and, and sort of sit there and, and reflect and, and think on the the Guardians hiring Stephen Vogt as their next manager. Uh, what uh, what do you think of the move now that that you've had a little time to sort of digest it and uh, and, and think about all the possibilities and, and what uh, what comes next, I guess, for uh, the Guardians as they, they move forward in the, the Stephen Vogt era. Yeah, Joe. I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting move. Uh, it's a move that really kind of doesn't surprise me. Uh, but just the, uh, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the to the other end of the spectrum, you know, the managerial spectrum, it's such a radical change, you know. I mean, you go from a, a guy that has managed what, like we were talking yesterday. I mean, you know, he's like what thirteenth on the all-time win list to a guy that's never managed. And and you know, I was doing some uh, research, and uh, if I'm correct, the last manager, Cleveland manager, to uh, get this job without managing, you know, in the minors or in the big leagues, that would be Jeff Torborg in 1979. Everybody else, you know, Tito, uh, Manny Acta, Wedge, Charlie Manuel, Grover, uh, uh, Johnny McNamara, Doc Edwards, Corrales, Mike Ferraro, Dave Garcia, all those guys had, had managed some of them extensively in the minors or in the big leagues before they took the Cleveland job. So this is really an interesting move, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. I wish we could talk to this guy right now, you know. I mm-hmm. wish we didn't have to wait until Friday because then we could get kind of get inside his head and, and figure out, you know, just how he's going to handle this. Well, the closest that we can come to talking to him is going back and, and looking at uh, old YouTube videos uh, within the last couple of years about him talking about, uh, you know, his desire to become a manager and, and what sort of motivates him and, and makes him, uh, you know, sort of tick. And uh, you can tell from some of those those conversations that that he really, uh, really believes in himself, really believes and, and has the confidence that that he could just have, have walked off the field after the 2020 uh, 2021 season and, and gone right into the uh, into the dugout as a, a big league manager. 
he projected that, and I guess that's probably what came across uh, in the the interview process uh, when we, he met with Chris Antelli and Mike Chernoff, and and sort of you know convinced them, hey, I'm I'm ready, I can, I can do this, and and it's also a, he showed a, a willingness to be open to. Uh, the idea that he can't do it by himself. He's going to need good people around him. And uh, the the Guardians convinced him, hey, we're going to put your, a staff around you. We're going to put a, a support system in place uh, that, you know, if you make mistakes, maybe you'll only make them once and you'll you'll learn from them and 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 continue to, to help the team get better. But uh, I, I just from what they uh, had had to pivot from, you know, you go from Tito uh, to to wanting to maybe hire Craig Council, who's 53 years old and uh, very experienced, and uh, you know has a, a track record of success. Uh, when when it's clear that you're not going to get him, you you turn uh, in in the complete opposite direction. Uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a culture shock uh, as soon as you walk through those doors at Progressive Field this year. It's it's going to be a, a much different environment. Yeah, and uh, I, I loved. Uh... You know, talk in talking to uh, the front office yesterday uh, with uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff from the GM meetings. Uh, you know, they said they offered him the job on Friday, and uh, what well, he was shoveling horse manure, and, mm-hmm. and they offered him the job. So hey, he's down to earth, you know. So that's yeah. good. Uh, and uh, but uh, I, I just, you know, I, I I like the idea that. You know, it sounds like they're going to keep, you know, uh, some of Terry's, Terry Francona's staff. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Vote is going to have a chance to bring some of his own people in or maybe one or two of his some guys that he feels good, good about his coaches. And uh, so, like you said, Joe, uh, he's got to learn fast and you, you make one mistake and don't make it again. And uh, and what did Francona always say about young rookie, young players? Uh, learn fast. So, yeah. And, and and also that uh, you know another popular uh, you know Tito phrase was uh, you know this this first time here doing this or his their first time up in the in the major leagues uh, isn't going to define you as a as a as a player. Well, you know the first time Stephen Vogt misses a you know something or misses a challenge or, or you know you know doesn't do something and, and it, it results maybe in a, a loss for this Guardians team. Uh, I, I think we should probably also give Stephen Vogt that grace of, uh, of of not letting it define him early on. Uh, he's he's got to he's got to figure out who he is as a manager as he's uh, you know on the job and on the fly here uh, you know coming up in the 2024 season and what that means for uh, the Guardians' record remains to be seen with uh, a, a major you know the majority of their team still a young ball club. Uh, but like we talked about yesterday, you know, Stephen Vogt, uh, you know, had had seen highs and lows in his playing career. You know, this is a guy who started off at 0 for 25 at the plate before uh, getting his first big league hit. Uh, his first big league hit was a home run. So, he, you know, he's he's he goes from from low to high, uh, back down to low. He was he was injured several times during his playing career. Uh, and and had to you know sit off to the side and and, and learn uh, certain aspects of the game, uh, and and was willing to to learn uh, from uh, you know managers like Bob Melvin uh, about what it's like, and uh, I think that all goes into what makes him an attractive you know candidate for the position and, and why he, why he got the job. Uh, I, I think they're the Guardians realize that they're getting 
uh, a good one right now. It's just, you know, which direction is he going to go once he's in place and, and has the, the job? Yeah, you know, he's a catcher, so that's that's a plus, I think. You know, he's obviously worked with a lot of different pitchers. You know, pitching makes the Guardians go, so that's a plus. He's going to know how to handle old, you know, veteran pitchers, young pitchers, relievers, you know, uh, relievers, starters. So I, I think that's that's a really, uh, you know, that's a good starting place for for him. You know, so many managers have been ex-catchers. You know, they re- and he's had, obviously, he's had time to study the game, Joe. He caught for six years in the minor leagues, which is a lifetime now. Who, who spends six years in the mm-hmm. minor leagues anymore? I mean, you know, you're either, when you're a prospect, you're, you've got two, two, three years at the most, and you better be in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, six years there, ten years in the parts of ten seasons in the big leagues. You know, catching. You know, you know, you've got the, all that experience behind you. That's going to work for you, I think. But now a lot will depend who your bench coach is, I think. But, uh, you know, he's got uh, he's got a good, uh, you know, a good foundation, uh, I think, with just with all those years of, of being behind the plate. Does uh, does Sandy Alomar make a, a, a good choice as a, a, a bench coach or would he go in another direction, maybe bring somebody in who who he has a personal relationship with and, uh, you know, can can handle things on, on that side of, uh, for him? Because, you know, we've seen uh the, the bench coach is, is a guy who, especially in spring training, very important in sort of setting the agenda and, and making sure everybody's in the right place. Yeah, the the bench coach is usually, uh, you know, the manager and the bench coach are usually attached by the hip, you know. I think Sandy will stay at first base. I think that's where he, li- he likes – I think, he, you know, he told me once that being a bench coach was kind of boring. You know, he'd <laughs> rather be on the bases, you know, where the action is. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, but who knows? Who knows how this staff is going to be constructed? You know, we're going to find out a lot more on Friday – when vote comes in uh, for the press conference and we'll be able to talk to Antonetti and Chernoff. And they said they they should be farther down the road with, with the staff, you know, with the makeup of the staff then. Yeah. Uh, Alomar uh, is also, he's a, a cheat code over there at first base in terms of base running and uh, timing up pitchers. He, he's uh, you know, one of the best in, in all of baseball and, you know, the Jose Ramirez will, will, will tell you he he's, he knows these some of these pitchers moves better than uh, the pitchers do themselves. So uh, maybe keeping him at first base would it would be a positive for uh, for the Guardians as well. Uh, Stephen Vogt, not the only uh, manager hired yesterday. Uh, there was a, a sort of a flurry of activity around uh, the time that the Guardians announced his uh, his hiring. Uh, the uh, you know all the dominoes started to fall into place with the Craig Council hire. Uh, uh, kind of unexpected. He went to Chicago and the, uh, the, the Cubs parted ways with David Ross, uh, which, you know, opens up a whole nother, uh, you know, set of possibilities. Uh, but uh, that also meant that with council not going, uh, to back to Milwaukee or to Cleveland, uh, he wasn't going to, uh, New York either. So the Mets pivoted and they hired another first year, uh, you know, guy with without any big league major, major league managerial experience in uh, Carlos Mendoza, who was also a you know an interviewee and a candidate in Cleveland. Uh, all it, it all sort of seems kind of interconnected and you know crazy like that. But you know, within the space of about a, an hour, hour and a half, you had uh, three managerial uh, you know openings filled and and one new one created. 
Yeah, Joe, that was uh, that was crazy, man. And uh, it all depended, you know, council uh, was the uh, kind of the, the domino that had to fall. And then everything else kind of fell in place. You know, I know they were, the Cleveland was still talking to council as of, uh, you know, Monday morning. They were still talking to him. You know, they, 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 you know, obviously they had offered Voight the job, vote the job on Friday, uh, but they were still talking to council. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden when council, you know, kind of, I guess probably told them, no, he's not coming. He did and said the same thing to the Mets. Then they pivoted right away, you know, and, uh, Cleveland hired, uh, uh, Stephen Vogt and, uh, Mendoza goes to the Mets. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Cubs, like, what, what the heck did that happen? I mean, the Cubs, you know, Chicago's 90 miles away from Milwaukee, and they, they must have sprinted up that, to, I don't know where that where that move came from. And all of a sudden, David Ross is left hang, holding a bag. What did he do wrong? You yeah. know, he, <laughs> some of those, some this of those, is tweet- a, this is a hard game, man. This is really a tough game. Some of those posts on social media came out and the timing of them. And I was like, uh, well, somebody better tell David Ross that he doesn't have a job anymore. That uh, <laughs> It was it, sort of interesting that the uh, with the timing of some of them. But, uh, yeah, it, it makes sense that, uh, you know, council is going to Chicago. They, they give him a huge contract, 40 million dollars uh, for five years, making him the most the highest paid uh, manager by average annual uh, uh, you know contract. Uh, and you know, he doesn't have to uproot his whole family. He can, he can stay in the, the Wisconsin area, uh, which is home to him. So, uh, probably, uh, you know, the, the best move, uh, possible for, for council, uh, great move for, for the Cubs. Uh, you know, they, they become, uh, you know, much more competitive and, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a team that you're going to expect, you know, better things out of this, this upcoming season, uh, creates an opening in, in Milwaukee. Now, of the the three managers hired yesterday, in your opinion, you know who's who's expected to win first? Who's expected to win, you know, instantly right off the bat? If uh, you know, more than uh, in terms of uh, Mendoza, who goes into a you know a Mets situation where they they'll spend anything, uh, the 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 Cubs situation for for Council where they spend a lot on him and there's pressure there, or uh, you know does does vote have uh, you know, have the opportunity to sort of sneak in there under the radar and 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 have uh, success right away as uh, as the Cleveland manager. Well, I think you know, vote is going to get you know, obviously going to have. There's going to be a grace period. I think the, the same with Mendoza. You don't hire you know first year managers and expect them to come in, walk through the door, and be a miracle worker. You know, the Mets is a, obviously a little t- a tougher sell to their fans. You know, and and the owner spends like crazy, like you were saying. They had the biggest payroll in 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 history yes last year, and you know they finished like 30 games out of first place in the in the in the NL East. So you know um, Mendoza is walking into kind of a, a minefield, and he's going to be you know it's going to be interesting to see how he navigates that. I think uh, vote is going to have a you know a little longer leash, obviously, but uh, council is going to have to win. You know, he's going to a big market team that has a big payroll, and they're going to have to win right away. Yeah, he's going to have to win uh, as a you know the the manager of a rival team coming in and, and taking over the Cubs, and you know he's going to have to face his old club you know 13 times during the regular season. It's a uh, uh, a lot of different uh, plot lines and storylines for for 2024 now uh, taking shape with with all this, these managerial moves. 
best way to stay ahead of all the coaching staff announcements and changes and everything that we're finding out uh, is subtext. Uh, go ahead and log on to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, send a text message to uh, 216-208-4346 to subscribe. It's $3.99 a month uh, to get text messages directly to your phone from me and from Hoinsey, uh as as we continue with the offseason and we get to know uh, Stephen Vogt a little more and what he's all about. We'll be uh, definitely updating uh, everybody uh, who's subscribed to Subtext, and they'll get that information first uh, right here from Cleveland.com. Hoinsey, uh, a lot going on yesterday outside of the the managerial shuffle. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, roster moves to be updated uh, as the the Guardians claimed Christian Bethencourt uh, from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, uh, ostensibly he's going to be your backup catcher now for, uh, for 2024, or he's at least going to be in the, uh, in the mix to do so, uh, 32 years old. And, uh, he, he provides a little bit more, uh, offense, uh, you know, certainly than, uh, expected to, uh, than, than Cam Gallagher did, uh, Cam Gallagher designated for assignment to get him off the 40 man, uh, roster and put John, um, uh, Bethancourt on. Uh, they also uh, added uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, uh, you know, over the weekend uh, to the 40-man the roster. Uh, this was a guy who led uh, the organization in every offensive category, uh, you know, home runs, batting average, hits. Uh, he, was, uh, he had an outstanding season at, uh, at multiple levels for uh, the Guardians farm system. Uh, so, uh, you know, Bethancourt uh, claimed on waivers. Uh, Jonathan Rodriguez added to the 40-man. Cam Gallagher uh, designated for assignment. Oh, and uh, and I believe they also picked up a, a first baseman and infielder, uh, Alfonso uh, Alfonso Rivas um, from from Pittsburgh was also claimed and added to the 40-man roster over the weekend. So, uh, you know, lots of moves. Uh, you know, in in terms of uh, the 40-man as well. Now it it, it sits at uh, at 40 players as as they get ready to, to set the roster ahead of the GM meetings. Yeah, yeah, they've got to set the roster by uh, November 14th, Joe, in, in uh, you know, in, in uh, anticipation of the, uh, the, uh, the winter meetings and the Rule 5 draft in December, you know, so they, you know, you can protect 40 guys. Now, obviously, they've still got some time to, to maneuver that, manipulate the 40-man, but it looks like, uh, you know, with adding uh, Rodriguez and taking uh, Bybee off the uh, IL, putting him back on the 40-man, it looks like, uh, you know, they're kind of getting that roster set and protecting the guys they want to protect. Uh, the the addition of uh, Alfonso Rodriguez or I'm sorry Alfonso Rivas uh, uh, seems you know kind of interesting. Uh, he's a left-handed hitting uh, first baseman, played a little outfield. Um, you know, what do you what do you think that means in terms of just adding depth over there at, at first base uh, when you've got uh, a, a prospect like Kyle Manzardo who looks like he's going to be pushing for a uh, you know playing time at, at some point uh, you know behind Josh Naylor. Yeah, I mean, it might be for protection, Joe, like you were saying, a little depth, you know, uh, somebody uh, behind, uh, uh, you know, Josh Naylor, uh, and you give you give Manzardo a little more time at AAA to develop, but boy, what a what a finish to the Arizona Fall League this guy had, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Manzardo uh, named a uh, Arizona Fall League All-Star, 
had a home run in the Fall Stars uh, uh, All-Star game. Also finished uh, tied for second in the home run derby. Uh, he went from, uh, you know, a guy who they were they were questioning whether or not uh, he was going to be uh, be able to, to hit for power uh, at the upper levels of the minor leagues and, and in the majors. And, and, you know, he went uh, out there. He's, he's hitting 430-foot home runs in, in the All-Star game uh, out there in Arizona and, and uh, you know, tied for, I believe, second uh, overall in, in home runs for, uh, for the whole league. Uh, he's, he's hitting, he's hitting for power. He's, he's doing everything he needs to do, uh, to make himself at least be on the radar, uh, when, when spring training rolls around. Yeah. And they don't have to add him to the 40 man yet. So, um, you know, right. I don't think they added him to the 40. No, man. no. They, yeah, they so yeah, don't have to. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, if, if I would think he'd be invited to spring training where, you know, Stephen Vogt can get a look at him, the new coaching staff can get a look at him and figure out where he fits, you know, and that we've, we've seen this before a little bit where guys, you know, top prospects, you know, come to camp, you know, they get their feet wet and, you know, they get back, sent back down and, uh, and then uh, they get their chance later in the season. And I would think that's how they're going to handle Manzardo. You know, it would be nice to see him uh, start the year at, in the big leagues even, but we've seen guys had great, great camps and not do that. So if that trend continues, he's probably going to open the year at, at uh, Columbus. Well, if that's the case, uh, you know, there's uh, new incentives in, uh, in in the last collective bargaining agreement, make it so that if a guy does, uh, you know, break camp with you and, and spend the entire season uh, on the, the major league roster, you can get bonus uh, uh, draft picks. Uh, at it. We saw that with um, uh, Julio Rodriguez. We saw that with, you know, there's a, a there have been a, a few um, players that have, have have sort of high prospects that, you know, it, it, there's an incentive there to, to keep them uh, up and, and, and promote them earlier and, and keep them with the club uh, throughout the entire season. Uh, you know, maybe that makes a difference in whether or not the Guardians, uh, you know, shift away from uh, you know, we know that Tito used to like to protect those guys and not bring yeah. them to Cleveland early in the you know season in the the weather in in April. And you know, it's kind of tough to hit in Cleveland in April. Uh, but you know, maybe they move away from that philosophy now uh, with with Tito not there, and you sort of uh, you know let these these young guys, these prospects, break camp and and come to Cleveland and and sink or swim. Yeah, that that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, with uh, maybe the, you know maybe uh, that'll be a. I think that if that happens, that'll be a telling point about you know just what this front office thinks about the season ahead. You know, if he yeah. if uh, Manzardo is on the uh, on the ball club, if he breaks camp, you know, you know he's going to be. If that if that's the case, he's going to have to play every day. He's going to have to be in that lineup every day, either at first base or DH, right? So uh, you're not going to let him sit. So, uh, you know, that would really be an indication that, you know, they they're going to be patient this year that, you know, winning the World Series might not be their goal as it usually is every year. Well, and uh, again, you're not just developing a a young manager uh, right now, but you're also going to be continuing to be developing this this young team. And yeah, uh, Manzara would make you uh, even younger at that position, too. So uh, it'll be yeah, like you said, interesting to see if he if he breaks camp. You know he can hit in the desert. Uh, he's he's proving that he can do it there, um, and and he's he's been much better against left-handed pitching uh, as well. It was something he was focusing on uh, throughout this uh, this off season. So 
uh, be interesting to find out, you know, how that develops uh, moving forward. Uh, we found out uh, Tanner Bybee, uh, tremendous rookie season for uh, the Guardians. He is a finalist for the Rookie of the Year uh, award. Uh, that will be announced on Monday. Uh, last night, uh, Bybee announced as a finalist along with Gunnar Henderson of Baltimore and Tristan Casas of the uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, and no surprise that that Bybee, uh, with with 10 wins and uh, you know, a, a stretch where, uh, you know, he went, uh, you know, uh, several consecutive starts where he only he pitched five innings and he gave up three or fewer runs. Uh, he, he had an outstanding rookie year, uh, finished up with a, a hip injury and, and was on the 60 the day injured list at the end of the year. Uh, but uh, notwithstanding, he was still uh, voted into the top three. I think Gunnar Henderson, probably the, the favorite to walk away with that uh, award. Uh, however, uh, Bybee, if he finishes uh, among the uh, the top two in uh, in Rookie of the Year voting, uh, he also uh, you know earns uh, I-, I believe he earns a full year of uh, of Major League service uh, you know as opposed to only getting uh, what his time from mid to late April uh, on the roster. So uh, an incentive for him to 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 want to finish second there in the. Uh, um, the, the the voting because it gets him closer to uh free agency yeah and you know that's like uh like you were saying that was that's a you know new clause in the uh in the basic agreement and uh but bobby just you know he, he had to pitch better than anybody anticipated don't you think joe i mean 10 yeah. and 4 2.998 era 142 innings 141 strikeouts and this is a kid that ended on on the uh the il with that like you were saying that hip injury and uh you know really uh, you know thankfully it doesn't seem to be serious right you know right. that's what the, the guardian said at the end of the season and hopefully you know but that's only this whole that whole year is only going to help him and you know, you, you got to like the way they protected him, but you know, he still produced, he still, you know, went won 10 games. He still had an ERA below three and, uh, just, uh, you know, just did a great job, I thought. And, you know, the, all, all three of those those rookies pitched well. So, you know, that's uh, that's the plus side of what Stephen Vogt is uh, walking into. Yeah, the, uh, you know, but you talk about that next wave of young pitching talent that the uh, the Guardians have in Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, and Gavin Williams. Bybee really did kick, uh, kick down the door and, 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 you know, sort of announce their presence uh, with authority as he as he uh, arrived in April and, and really, uh, you know, became vital to the, the rotation there. So uh, interesting. Speaking of uh, uh, vital, uh, a guy who was vital to the uh, the Guardian or to, to Cleveland baseball uh, for uh, several years in the, the mid 2000s, uh, the early 2000s there, uh, one of the best players in overall in baseball, uh, Grady Sizemore, uh, you know, certainly at some point. Uh, will be recognized and honored by the the franchise for being one of the greatest players, uh, you know, in in franchise history. Uh, Grady Sizemore uh, coming back to coaching, he's going to be uh, the uh, outfield and base running coach for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, so we'll get to see Grady Sizemore 13 times next season, and uh, he'll be on the staff with uh, Pedro Grafal and. Obviously, it's a, a staff full of guys where there's a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of fire, a little bit of uh, animosity still percolating from that <laughs> Jose Ramirez fight in uh, 
uh, back in August. So uh, we'll have an inside man on the staff uh, in, in Grady Sizemore. Uh, he'll be he'll be working over there with uh, the White Sox. What do you think of the move for Chicago to hire one of uh, Cleveland's greatest outfielders ever? Yeah, I, I love it. I, I, I'm glad uh, Grady's back in the game. I think, uh, you know, that that can only uh, mean good things for baseball. And, uh, you know, Ozzie Guillen, when Ozzie Guillen was the White Sox manager and uh, and Sizemore was at his prime, I mean, Sizemore drove the White Sox crazy. He killed them every time he played them. And Guillen loved them. You know, he, he couldn't, but he hated them when, when he saw them come to the plate. But, but uh, you know, he was, one of his, he was one of Ozzie's favorite players. And it's kind of ironic that he's back with the White Sox now. And just, uh, so I just, you know, it's it's a shame what happened with uh, Grady. Just, you know, he kind of was at the peak, and then he just couldn't stay healthy. They couldn't get him back on the field. And he tried and tried and tried, and it didn't. You know, finally, you know, he, he cut ties with Cleveland, and he kind of came back with Tampa Bay and Boston and Philly a little bit. But he was never the player he was in Cleveland. And that's just a shame because he was – somebody once told me he was Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson. You know, he and and, uh, because he had that football background, he had that like that kind of just played like with with his hair on fire. I remember him stealing a straight steal of home in Toronto when they had the turf like it was the artificial turf. And you Mm -hmm. could almost hear hear his footsteps from the press box. That's how hard he was running uh, to steal to steal a home. Uh, Just uh, just a a really, you know, a 30, 30 guy. And, uh, you know, his career got sh- cut short but by injuries, but I'm glad he's back in the game. I'm glad he's back coaching, and I think he's going to help anybody that's willing to listen to him. Yeah, two-time gold glove winner in the outfield, and and he could do anything out there. At, at his peak, he was uh, as good a defensive outfielder, center fielder, as uh, as you would find uh, in, in Cleveland. I, I don't know about uh, if he was doing uh, the football thing before Bo Jackson. I think Bo Jackson did, was doing that in the uh, yeah. in the eighties. So uh, that's right. Uh, I, 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 maybe I got that wrong. I, I got the wrong it's guy okay. in there. Somewhere. It's okay. Hoinsey's mess. Hoinsey's messing up his eras. We we understand. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's it's a thing. But yep. uh, we'll 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 get them all straightened out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my names mixed up somewhere. God, I can't. Well. I mean, and and you think about it, injuries derailed, uh, you know, Bo Jackson's, uh, you know, career as well. He could have been, uh, he could have been tremendous. Uh, he did try to come back though. Uh, I remember going to see Bo playing uh, in, uh, I believe, in Chicago uh, as well after the the hip injury, but uh, he just, was just just never the same. And it was the same with uh, with Grady Sizemore. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to having some. Uh, encounters with uh, with Grady and the White Sox in, in 2024, and, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll look forward to doing some more uh, player breakdowns uh, as uh, as the week goes on. And then when we arrive on Friday, uh, we get to hear from the man himself, Stephen Vogt, in his introductory press conference uh, with the Cleveland media uh, down there at Progressive Field. Uh, I'll take care of uh, today, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, again uh, uh, tomorrow. All right, Joe.